What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spurs Cast, episode 586. My name is Paul Garcia, and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs founder, Michael DeLeon. In this episode, Mike and I will discuss the latest developments for next season, free agency approaching, and a DeMar DeRozan offseason rumor. Well, it's been a really long time since there's been a Spurs Cast um, episode. Mike, how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing good. It's, it's a lot colder than last time... Uh... We did his first cast episode, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready for like all the like holidays coming up and stuff like that, and finally ready for some. It, I I don't know. I I go I go in between back and forth. I'm like I'm kind of ready for stuff to start, but then I know once it starts, it's not going to stop. You know, with, with, with basketball again, so it's one of those things. I'm not sure I'm quite ready, but we'll see. I, how I'll be goes. honest with you. I'm actually not. I mean, I'm excited for like the off season stuff, but I'm not really ready to start basketball again. And the yeah. reason why is because because you know that we have analyzing the league over on Project Spurs uh, Network. So so Spurs cast listeners, if you all have been to analyzingtheleague.com, you'll know that we covered the whole playoffs, not just the Spurs when they got when they got knocked out in the bubble play, but also all the way up until the finals. We had some databases going. So like honestly, Mike, like I was actually getting tired of watching basketball every single day, and like you know that was games. It was like four games in a day for the playoffs, and then and then finally the finals came. It, it, it was just a lot. I know I know that I, you know because of the pandemic, we haven't for some basketball because it you know we had all those months off but after it came that august to october non-stop covering it i'm kind of like i need like i'm just like i'm just i'm just over any kind of sport i don't watch baseball right now i don't watch any football just nothing i'm just like away from sports right now trying to recharge my brain uh, and now that we see it and that's why you know there hasn't been a spurs cast episode in almost two months and again we just need that that break uh there hasn't been anything on the spurs end but now you know the nba is starting to come back and, and they're starting to get their, their their plans together for next season as they're coming together so spurs cast that's what we're going to do here let's go ahead and jump right into this um let's 
speaking with the, with the first topic, which is about the latest developments for next season. So a lot of this information comes from ESPN, The Athletic, and also the New York Times. Mark Stein uh, are, are the three um, uh, outlets that I got a lot of this information from. So, Mike, uh, so some main takeaways from what's getting reported right now. Uh, the, the NBA is targeting a pre-Christmas date of December 22nd to restart next season. Or to begin next season, should I say, brand new. It's going to be a shorter season, which will be 72-game season, uh, losing about 10 games off the calendar if it happens. Uh, and likely because uh, of the situation you know, in different states where the teams are located, they want to start without fans. And because of what we can see nationwide, what's going on with the pandemic, it's getting a little bit worse right now. We're starting to see a surge nationwide. Uh, they're probably not going to have any fans to start the year uh, in, in, in arenas. Um, they are, because they're, they're losing 10 games in the season, they, are, they do want to keep that, that play-in tournament. So that's something that, that did very well for them in the bubble. And that was a lot of fun to watch, especially if you were a Spurs fan. You know, to see the Spurs go, I think it was like 6-2 and two or 5-3, and three, whatever their record was. They did very well. And you saw the teams like the Phoenix Suns who went 8-0. So that was a lot of fun. So they want to keep that, that type of format in, uh, in this new season coming up. But because of that and because of the shortened season, they're going to have to most likely get rid of the All-Star break. So we probably won't have an All-Star break. The teams will get to a two-week break most likely in the middle of the season at some point point just to let the players and, and the teams you know rest and and uh, follow that through then the uh, NBA does want to get back to a more normal uh, calendar NBA calendar so what they want to do is try to get the finals finished up pretty quickly in the summer that way if any star players want to go play with uh, in the Olympics uh, with Team USA if they make the roster they would go to Japan next summer uh, to, to be able to participate and also there's a lot of international players that that applies to as well um, uh, so that, that would so if they can get back to the summer months they would be able to have their normal offseason with like you know the, the free agency and all that stuff and the, and the in the summer months and then you know they would hopefully start back in october the following year of 2021 for the following season um the draft is approaching within within the next few weeks on November 18th. That is that is secure. That's a, that's a very secure date that's going to happen on November 18th. There isn't a free agency date yet, but we're going to talk about in our second topic some, some rumors that are out there about when that's going to begin. And then um, there, there's a rumor that maybe if they agree to a December 22nd season, then uh, training camps could begin as, as quickly as December 1st. Uh, and then the last thing is that the schedule that's being developed right now is that the, they're, they're trying to make a priority state within markets. So like, uh, let's say you, you, have a, you have a game against the Knicks. Well, then if you're going to play the Knicks, they want you to play the, the Nets as well since you're already in the New York area. So they're trying to figure out the calendar, how that's going to work. And that's kind of what they want to do is keep it like more regional based uh, in the areas that, that multiple teams are located. And then lastly, these are just this reporting is just coming off um, a meeting between the Board of Governors. So that's all the, the NBA owner uh, team owners that met together on Friday last week. And now remember, if they do get anything on paper, they have to get an agreement with the NBA Players Association. So both sides have to mutually agree in order to, to, kick, to restart uh, a new season. And so, Mike, I know that's a lot of information. What are your thoughts about um, basketball returning? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, you know, we talk, we've talked about when it could possibly come back. But then when you see draft coming back as soon as, uh, you know, a few weeks away, it's just like, okay, yeah, that's coming pretty quickly. And then uh, pre-Christmas Day start, I mean, that that's, you know, that's all just around the corner. Uh, I like the idea of a 72-game season. I think that's, that's good. I think the whole, the no fans thing is is uh, I think that's important, and I think the bubble uh, in Orlando proved that, you know, you could still have, like, entertaining games without having fans there, and obviously you want to stay safe, because I feel like the NBA has done the best job of the uh, major leagues, you know, we've seen, uh, we saw MLB have a lot of um, uh, cases, and then NFL lately has, we've seen more and more in the NBA um, while they're there. I don't think they reported ever like one uh, one positive result. So, uh, so I think that's that's the way to go. That's really good. I mean, it's going to be kind of kind of strange to see um, 
you know, obviously some of these, it's this time, like, crunch or whatever, and it just seems like, I don't know what that leaves as far as, like, time for bodies to heal up and stuff like that, and, and, uh, I mean, especially teams that played in the, um, in the finals or deep playoffs, that's a quick turnaround. They're not. They're usually not used to that. So there's not going to be any kind of long. I mean, there's you can't really go to, uh, and enjoy a, a long vacation anyway. But there's not a lot of time uh, for that. But at least that two week break is going to be good. Um, and uh, yeah, the whole the, the thing with the scheduling. I mean, I just think that that's just smart. I, I, obviously, I mean. I feel like having it in one place. I mean, they had to do a lot of scheduling things, and they they the scheduling didn't always work out because you know there were games during the day and stuff like that. But if they can do that and be smart about it and make sure that teams kind of try to stay in the same areas and aren't traveling like coast to coast, then that definitely um, helps. So uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a lot, but they're you know it looks like they're making some good decisions so far, and uh, I, I'm also a fan of the whole playing tournament. I feel like that really changed things, because usually the end of the season uh, is is kind of, you know, teams start resting, especially at the top, resting players, the games aren't as important, but for like the, when you're playing and you have like, you know, you can have like four teams, you know, at the bottom of the Western East and really jockeying for position, that playing tournament was really important, and even though like Phoenix you know, was undefeated. I mean, they still couldn't get in. So, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, it, it's it's just a, definitely an interesting twist that I like. So, it'll be cool to see that another year. Yeah, and I think one thing that, that, that you noted there with the play-in tournament was that we did see that, like, a lot of teams didn't want to tank. You know, we saw teams like the Spurs, like Phoenix, uh, that, uh, you know, the Grizzlies, too, could keep their – what they were trying to keep their, their slot as well. Where, like, you know, they, they knew that if they if they got into this, the playoffs, they would have lost their – you know, they would have fallen back in the draft order. They could have got a, basically a worse pick. But they were still going for it. Phoenix was going for it. San Antonio was going for it. These teams were actually trying to get into the playoffs. And I think that's the cool thing is that you're not going to see as much tanking uh, in, in, a, in a season, even if teams start off pretty, ba- uh, pretty, pretty bad uh, to start the year. Because again, they have that plan tournament to look forward to if they can stay within a certain number of games, and I, and I like the way the NBA approached that of saying, you know, if you're within six games, you, you qualify for that. And, and and there's some other thing, something else you brought up pretty that's very important, Mike, is the fact that like some teams are in different places right now. You know, we have the teams from the lottery that didn't play at all in the restart, so like Golden State, you know. Um, Atlanta, some of those teams uh, that stayed behind uh, since March, they haven't played basketball. You know, organized basketball. I know, that, I know that they did some like like in in town uh, types of like training camps for those teams. But again, it's not the same thing as real games like these other teams got to play uh, in the bubble environment. And then, you, and, I, and I think like like you mentioned, like the teams that went to the finals or went to the conference finals, those teams are going to be a little bit more exhausted to have to if they have if they come to an agreement um, on December first to have to resume the season. Um, so yeah, so again, Spurscast listeners, we'll we'll basically follow you know the reporting of, of what's going on there uh, in terms of remember there has to be a mutual agreement between the NBA PA, the player association plus the, the board of governors. So both sides have to agree in order for there to be an actual deal uh, to, to come through uh, on, on terms of when, when next season will start. Uh, the next topic I want to discuss, Mike is free agency is approaching. Um, there's been no hard date set just yet, but uh, it could be what, what we're hearing most is that it's going to be right after the draft pretty quickly, a few days after. So uh, the draft is on November 18th. I know Mark Stein of, of, of the New York Times reported that it could be as early as November 21st or 22nd. I heard Bobby Marks from ESPN.com uh, report on, on a podcast or, or to say on a podcast that uh, it could be you know November 20, 22nd or 23rd. I think the best way to, to understand this first case is that Thanksgiving week is most likely going to be free agency. It's going to be like July for, for free agency, but instead we're 
going to be doing that during Thanksgiving week. So that'll be get ready, you know, have, have some time ready. And that's good that it's coming during the holidays. So, so, um, you know, most of us should, should be at home and stuff. So, so, um, so be ready for that. It'll, it'll be kind of fun. Just Thanksgiving week and say, we're doing, we're doing all of the trades and, and the free agency signings and where's the rumors coming from. So, uh, that, that's kind of what it looks like right now. Uh, once the deadline is set for, for, free agency all the off-season dates do kick in so for the spurs perspective there's some very important dates once they actually do get a date uh for the first thing is a demar Derozan, who has that 27 million dollar player option uh he would have about five days before the the, the, the free agency date begins to, to d- decide whether or not he's going to um uh um jump into the deal or um, decline and become an, an unrestricted free agent. So there's there's a big option for DeMar. Uh, players like that are, can become restricted free agents like Jakob Pertl, Quindary, Weatherspoon, Drew Eubanks. The Spurs would have to tender them a qualifying offer to make them restricted free agents by uh, the day before the um, the free agency date gets set. So that's about, again, Thanksgiving week most likely. Uh, also, the Spurs have to figure out what they want to do um, in terms of if they want to waive Trey Lyles or keep him on the roster for next season. And again, that date has to come in right before the free agency date. And then there's also some players who most likely their 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 um, deadlines would be in mid-December for guys that are on non-guaranteed contracts like Chemezi Metu and Tyler Zeller where their dates are a little bit further so they they're going to probably be in um about I'd say about mid-December also Derek White even though he's not a free agent the Spurs can extend him uh, beginning on that free agency so again we might see Derek White get an extension on um, on uh, if, if the Spurs and, and, and his camp would like to um, uh, continue the, you know working together uh, long term uh, as, as a partnership um, so, Mike, I know those are just some things, uh, just some some early things that it's going on with the free agency. What do, what do you think about that? So, this is one of the things that I liked about like I like about like a compressed off season is the free agency period. These guys are going to like make decisions like quick. You, you can't like you kind of wonder like if if it was this kind of situation if the home market is more interesting, what would happen? Like if it was this 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 off season instead, you know, like you already have had the time to do that. Not only that, but last off season, I mean, everybody was waiting for Kawhi. That was like the one piece that needed to, mm-hmm. you know, you need to find out where he was going and then everything else fell in place. You really don't have a lot of time to make that happen. So players are going to have to, you know, probably already be thinking hard about, you know, who they want to play for and, and making decisions as far as I think, especially uh, in the drill situation is, you know, what's, what's best for them, in, in his case, I think obviously opting in is, and I think a lot of other players that maybe uh, might have opted out might be uh, willing to play another year, you know, some somewhere just so that they can secure whatever contracts, you know, they have in place instead of taking a gamble on the free, agent, uh, free agency and, and the market, you know, whatever their market value is at that time. So uh, that part's going to be interesting. Obviously, the, the Spurs... Uh, We'll have some decisions to to make. Uh, I think um, the whole uh, I I I really don't see Chimezimetu or Zeller coming back. Really, mm-hmm. uh, the whole you know you know Pirlo, I know we're going to talk about that some more, but that thing is going to be that's going to be really interesting. I think because just because the Spurs have not uh, spent a lot on big money for like when when it's like some uh, player has like an offer to you know make a certain amount, they have not been too willing to to sign those players. I mean, uh, you know, Baines is one example, but one's another example. They're like, okay, you know, they give them a chance to go and earn their money. So, uh, Fertile is going to be interesting now that he's played two years and what they see in him. So, uh, you know, a lot of pieces are going to have to fall 
really quickly. So, so I think I'm gonna enjoy watching that. And I'm sure Thanksgiving week when everybody's sitting at home and the phones are gonna be going crazy. So uh, that that'll be an interesting way to to bring in that holiday. Yeah, for sure. You know, you know, for for me, just you know, being at home, it's gonna be fun just to you know be involved with free agency and and, and be able to see all the rumors and things like that. So so we'll definitely cover it here at Project Spurs. Um, you know, with free agency approaching, Mike, uh, you know, they're starting. We're starting to see some salary projections coming out for for these Spurs free agents, like you mentioned. Uh, and so one 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 um one article that recently came out was by Bobby Marks on ESPN Plus, where he he provided some 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 starting salaries for the Spurs players, free agents, and, and where they kind of project to be if they signed a multi year deal. So I wrote a piece on Project Spurs called the the, re, uh, the the react and it's and it's about these salary pieces so if you want to read that over on product stores make sure you check that out but i just want to cut, quickly go through this a little bit mike uh with you so uh we, we start off with demar Derozan. um his market i mean his uh, starting salary should be about 22 to 24 million again as as i mentioned um the only two ways he gets that money is if he resigns with the spurs if he declines his his um, player option and then signs with with another team that has cap space, uh, you know that twenty two to twenty four million. But there could be only maybe like four teams that have that that amount of cap space. And then the the third option for him would be to um, to decline his option with the Spurs, but then uh, resign with the Spurs and then uh, seek a trade, so a sign a trade deal with the team that's over the cap. Uh, what do you think about this number for DeRozan at twenty about twenty two to twenty four million? I mean that that seems like obviously you know it's the number's going to go down or you know the um you know salary cap so I think that's pretty accurate because then mm-hmm. like his current um option is like somewhere around twenty seven so mm-hmm. yeah I, I can definitely see that going on that and that's why I think I think he opts in just because I mean you know it's it's a it's not a, a drastic difference but to a player you know I'm, I'm sure yeah. uh you know it makes some difference for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's going to end up opting in, opting into that twenty seven million, and then and then when we get to our third topic, we'll see. There's going to be some routes he can take if he does opt in, uh, in terms of, of where where you know continuing playing with San Antonio. The next player is uh, Bryn Forbes. Uh, his starting salary on a multi year deal was projected to be about four to six million, so it's a little bit north of the um, of the of the veteran minimum. Uh, what do you think about Forbes, Mike? Uh, you know, the, the case for here for him is that the Spurs can resign him in two ways. Uh, if he were if they did want to resign him, we don't know that we don't have any reporting right now that says that they want to uh, bring him back. Um, so so the two ways are one they could just use his bird rights to resign him sign him over the cap or two they could um they could offer him part of their mid-level exception which they should have the full mid-level exception if uh, if most uh, of their offseason moves go, go according to plan um and just remember about Forbes Spurs cast sisters you know he played for the bulk of the season prior to the pandemic he was a starting shooting guard but then as we saw in the bubble there was a, there was an injury for him but then really um he, he never really played in the bubble because of due to that injury but again we don't know if he would have gotten those minutes had he been healthy because again Lonnie Walker's in a lot of minutes we saw Kelton Johnson really emerged, and then um, also Derek White started next to Dejounte Murray in the front court. I mean, in the back court, should I say? So, what do you think about that that number for Forbes, Mike, at four to six million? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, Brent Forbes has been like criminally underpaid for what he's done the past couple of years, and I still feel like I know that most of the fan base would be fine with him not being back. But when you start to try to fill out a roster, and I was just talking to someone on Twitter earlier, and they're talking about okay. This is what the Spurs need, and they also probably need to get a shooter. I'm just like, okay, well, but are you going to find another shooter uh, in this range? You know, why not just stick with the guy that you've already got, and you can go over the cap to to sign? Because then it becomes about, you know, like you said, they've got to use part of the you know the mid level, or or uh, they've got to find another way to to sign a free agent. I feel like you know that that's still a pretty good value for him and what he does. I mean, you know, obviously, 
I, I think that starting, he might not come back and start, but off the bench as a shooter, I think that's that's fine, you know. So, um, but again, it for I think for Spurs, it's going to depend a lot on obviously tomorrow and then uh, Jakob, and then once those two pieces, you know, are, are they have some sort of a decision on those two, then they can move move, and that would probably affect uh, Brent Forbes's, uh, you know, wherever he's going to go or if he's going to stay after that. Yeah, I, I think that you know his shooting does reflect why he would probably get his market would be a little bit more than the the veteran minimum is the fact that you know he is he is a known shooter in the market uh, that 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 teams know about you know and the Spurs know about obviously um, you know despite his his, his def, uh, deficiencies on defense and so that is something they got to look at you know because if they let him walk well then they had they had the ability to re-sign him using his bird rights and so so that's something that we got to watch even though it looked like you know had had he maybe he been healthy I don't think I don't know if he would have been that big part of the rotation in, in the restart as we saw. So let's kind of see what happens to Brent Forbes. Uh, next player, Marco Bellinelli, um, his, you know, veteran player. Now he's been at the league, I think 13 years. Uh, his projected market is at about the, the veteran minimum or a little bit North of it. So two to 4 million is the range. Um, you know, with the Spurs, we saw that, that he was, he was basically starting to lose his minutes and his role. Um, you know, he was constantly before the pandemic. He was always like jostling with Lonnie Walker, the fourth to see who would get those backup minutes um, off the bench at the three or the two. And then as we saw in the bubble, he, he and like Lonnie and then also Kelton Johnson, uh, those two players, the younger players were obviously put up, put ahead of him in the, in the um, rotation. So, um, um, what do you think about Marco's um, market right here at, from two to four million? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Marco's probably a minimum player for the re- for the rest of his career. Uh, you know, I think his last contract, I think he signed part of the mid level with uh, mm-hmm. the Spurs. So I think that you know that was like his his last, or you know, at, at least at that level, I think minimum was right where he should be. But uh, again, before the the bubble, you know, I would have said, okay, they would probably think about keeping him around. Now, since it seems like some of the younger guys, they give them some, some minutes and they did pretty well, you know, that yeah, you're starting to see, well, is there a log jam there? And, and um, so I'm not sure, you know, I, I, I think that he might be uh, one player that may not make it back next season. I agree too, and I think that maybe if he did try to get that four million, I think that maybe like a, a playoff team, a team that needs a shooter um, off the bench, uh, maybe they they would be that be the kind of team that maybe gives them a little bit of their, of their mid level exception or whatever kind of exception they have. I think maybe to get him a little bit north of the veteran minimum. But but I agree with you. I don't I don't see him coming back to the Spurs right as of right now. Uh, the next player, um, you know, that Spurs like you mentioned earlier about this this player, uh, Jakob Hurdle. Uh, his range is kind of where we were projecting, which is about that mid that full mid level range. So it's about eight to 10 million which is basically the mid-level is about 9.3 so so that's exactly where uh, uh the spurs can offer him uh, either their mid-level or they can use his bird rights to re-sign him but again they can make him restricted free agent which means that he could go seek a, a deal from another team and if he gets that deal within well, the spurs would have 48 hours to match that that deal um and, and again I, it doesn't look because of this market range it doesn't look like the spurs would get outbid by anyone they would basically just they would be up to them whether or not they want to match that three-year offer from a um from a um an offer sheet. And so I think that you, you were bringing up some really interesting points about bringing back Jakob is the fact that like, you know, uh, one thing they have to consider is that, is this going to be their starting feature for the next few years? Because that, that eight to 10 million, whatever he signs for, uh, that's going to take up some of the cap for the next four years or three years, whatever the deal would be for. And again, they're going to be a team that's going to have a lot of cap space in 2020, the, the next off season, not this coming off season, 21, 22. And so, so they, that's going to be a chunk of that, that cap space that's gone. If, uh, if Jakob's back. And so again, he, he's, he's a really, uh, he's, he's a good center. Uh, he started, 
started playing really well in the bubble. But we know that when LaMarcus Aldridge is healthy, there's going to be some jostling there for for those minutes between the who's going to play at the five, the majority of the minutes. Uh, and so so that and you know Aldridge is a veteran who's on the last uh, year of his deal. And so if they want to make Yaka maybe the, the big of the future, well then they would have to make a decision with Aldridge. So so that's something also to keep in mind. Uh, what do you think about Yaka's number here at eight to ten million? I, I feel like that's fair just because of what, you know, the production they've gotten out of him, especially like he said in the bubble. Um, you know, it, it looked like he, it's almost kind of like since he was, you know, he, he played more at that five and and wasn't sure in the front court. It's almost like it was kind of like a more natural fit for him or something. So I, I, I like that range. I think if it gets to be more than that, that's when the Spurs might say, Okay, you know, then they might have to. But again, no matter what what they do, I mean, they're still. It's not like they can just go sign any you know free agent at that same value. I mean, that's the thing about you know being being able to sign your own free agents and using their bird rights and things like that. So, I think I mean unless it gets like really um, high in a team, but like it's like I said, uh, I can't see a team really uh, going too too much farther north of that because uh, they're all, you know, obviously everybody's budgets are going to be a little more constricted. Yeah, for sure. And then the last two players, Mike, who could enter, uh, who will be entering free agency are um, both of the Spurs as a G League players, uh, or two-way players, should I say, um, Drew, uh, Quindary Weatherspoon and Drew Eubanks. Now, um, Bobby Marks hasn't mentioned this, that, you know, their salary range, but they are below the minimum. And then also um, on winsadded.com, their their player projection tool, uh, they're, they're projected to get, to get about the minimum. So so I think that's a good sign for the Spurs because, again, they can make both of these players, Weatherspoon and Eubanks, um, restricted free agents, which means they would have to go out and find better deals from another team. Or if not, they could just, um, you know, take that qualifying offer and remain with the Spurs. So what do you think about the, their range uh, for, for Weatherspoon and Eubanks? Yeah, I mean, I think that's good, and I, I really can't see there being enough tape on on these guys, really, for for them to to get um, anything that's going to be out outside of this first range. If they're able to get, you know, Eubanks back at the minimum, I think, I mean, that's like a no-brainer, because he played so much better uh, in, in Orlando than he had done all season, and I feel like his play kind of made uh, Metu expendable. Because he just seemed to to be able to grasp things better and and play with the, you know, the offense uh, a little better and and uh, was able to do just kind of like the easy stuff and just seems like he had a better grasp overall. I mean, also this was really like the first time we had really seen seen him play any decent minutes and some of what um, I think we saw was was you know it, it was enough to to warrant keeping him around, especially if they're able to get him at that you know, keep him at that range. Yeah, for sure. So again, so again, Spurs cast this is again, this piece, if you want to read the, the, the projections there, it's over on project Spurs called the react and it's called um, starting salary projections. Uh, just check it out again. And then I, I just basically give some context to, to those, those projections that Bobby Marks provided uh, in that piece and just kind of the ways that the Spurs could, could resign these players or, or let them walk. Um, the last topic Mike, we're finally approaching here is, um, just one that we know that's off season time. When I get this, this is how I learned about this topic. Um, I was, I was, uh, I, I had a friend, uh, you know, come come up to me and tell me, you know, hey, is it true about DeRozan? Is he really unhappy? And I'm like, I'm like, what? And then, and then, so then, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I start, I start looking, and of course, you know, on Twitter, and there's this quote by Demar Derozan that he's that he doesn't like being in San Antonio. Some agent said that. I was like, what is going on here? So then, uh, you know, I start talking to you, Mike. Me and you start texting, and we're like, what's going on here? So we knew that it's we found out it's from the Athletic. So then, of course, I actually had a, to read the full story. 
story. So, so what happened here? Let me let me get some context here. So, what, so how how this rumor came about about DeRozan? Uh, I think it was last week. So, um, the way it happened was uh, the, the Athletic wrote this piece where they talked to twenty anonymous uh, NBA agents. Okay, so so NBA agents, twenty of them, and, and all their their answers were were anonymous. They didn't want to be put on the record. Uh, these agents for for their responses. So then, um, you know, these agents were given a bunch of different questions. I think it was about twelve different questions, and so they were um, asked to just you know about different things about um, the off season and how it's approaching and certain players that are going to be entering free agency. Well, anyway, one of the questions that, that gets asked is, oh, you know, who's who's a hot, one of the highest profile players that you expect to change teams? And then um, DeRozan did get a vote from one of the agents. I think 0.5 votes was, was the number on, in the piece. Okay. And then one agent, again, just one agent, anonymous agent, said this quote to, to, the, to the writer or the writers, whoever wrote this for The Athletic, uh, DeMar doesn't like San Antonio and doesn't want to be there. So that was it. Just that one sentence got, you know, just made headlines uh, and spurs um, Twitter. And, and so that's how it, it obviously got to me at some point um, last week. And so then uh, that one rumor um, did come out. And even DeMar, you know, I guess it got to some headlines because DeMar even had to, had to address it where he, he refuted it on Instagram, according to um, our, our Project Spurs writer, um, Josh Paredes. He put it, he's, he, I don't have Instagram. So like uh, Josh has Instagram. So he says that DeMar did refute that. He, he put some, some, some Instagram posts about it that, that same day uh, that it came out. So, um, you know, I, I just want to, you know, uh, again, it's, this, this quote is coming from one agent. Um, we, I just want to look at both sides of, the, of this rumor. Um, let's first take take it. Let's just say that Demar wasn't happy in San Antonio. He doesn't like being there. So think about it from his perspective. Um, you know, he is a veteran. He's probably trying try, trying to get as far as he can in the playoffs. And we've seen that that the Spurs have slowly started to to, to transition while with the veteran squad toward a more youth movement. We saw that in the bubble with Kelton Johnson getting a lot of minutes, Dejounte Murray, Derek White, Yakupertel. A, a lot of these young guys started to get some minutes. Lonnie Walker the fourth. So so maybe. Uh, he doesn't like where his roles at. Where like you know they're they're trying to give the keys a little bit to to the younger guys as well, while still trying to keep some of the, the veteran core players. So there could be some some truth to that. That maybe he doesn't like his role or the situation that he's in. Uh, but the other part, the other side of it is that man, there, there's like you mentioned, Mike earlier. There's 27 million dollars on the table here for him to decide on. If he if he really doesn't like being a spur, well then he could just make that choice. Uh, you know before the before free agency starts, to just declining the player option and he can sign wherever he wants. But again, there's 27 million dollars there that he has to decide on if he wants to stay. Well, then he could opt in, and then if he still doesn't like being disturbed, well, then he could he could ask for a trade, and that's the way that they could look at at, at moving him to a team uh, that that had interest. But again, we don't know if it's true. Uh, this is in a, uh, DeRozan did kind of refute it with his Instagram post. So, so what did you make of this rumor, Mike? Yeah, that's the trouble with anything like like attributed to an anonymous source is that obviously you can't hold them accountable for what they say. Uh, and so people kind of really just say whatever they want. And that, that's why, like, if anybody ever says something, I, I've had people try to tell me something that they know somebody that knows somebody that said something. And I'm just like, no, like, I'm not going to, like, publish that because it's, it's anonymous unless they want to, like, you know. First, obviously, it's got to be, have to be somebody with credibility. Second, well, it, I'm not going to publish anything about the anonymous source. So... But that's the nature of the beast, I guess, with the NBA and everything. Is when, when, you know, you have bigger names and bigger stories out there, a lot of times you have to, you know, uh, some publications have to publish things like this. But to me, it just it, it just seems like... So, like, like with Kawhi, that whole thing, the writing was kind of on the wall. There, there was some stuff going on, you know, obviously with, with the things being said and, um, you know, with the whole kind of hiding out in New York kind of took... I think there was something there. It was kind of like what I, what I said at the time of where there's smoke, there's fire. Like tomorrow is that's it's just so opposite of anything he's ever said about the city, 
and the fan base and so it just seems so like far fetched to me. I mean it could be it could be how he feels, but he hasn't made that apparent in any way and, and, and the trouble with this something like this is people start taking it as fact and they mm-hmm. start you know, the whole uh whole news cycle starts on and then people start uh, reacting based on what somebody else said, even though Tamar did refute it on Instagram, like pretty much directly after, um, it starts becoming like like kind of fact, and so that's always like uh, troublesome, just because um, a lot of people are like making up their own narratives and everything. Everybody was like, "Well, it's a, you know, obviously, you know, I can see how he feels that way because the Spurs misused him." And I was talking to people, and they were talking about his his. Uh, you know, where he played him, just like, most players aren't going to care, you know, he had to play some three and four, I doubt that's enough to, like, say, he doesn't want to be there, because he had to play some three and four, uh, in the bubble, uh, so it just seems so weird, it seems like he's been, uh, appreciative of, of kind of the support he's gotten in San Antonio, he's talked about, uh, being excited to play with, like, Keldon Johnson and some of the younger guys that he got to play in the bubble, so, that's why it's just it's it's so weird. It, it was so it just seemed like kind of like out of left field on this one because I just didn't, I just don't haven't seen anything. And then, you know, obviously he's gonna have to he would have to leave some some money on the table to be able to do this. And I can understand where players start getting older and they might want to make that run, but uh, you know it's it's just it's hard to take anything serious uh, when there's never been any other kind of signs before. Yeah, and I think one thing that that piece mentioned, the the athletic piece of you know, if you, if you read the whole thing, was that like a lot of the players with with, with player options north of twenty million, they're not going to take a chance this offseason in the middle of a pandemic with with the, the the NBA expected to lose a lot of money this from from what happened in the loss of revenue. Uh, uh, I don't think that any players are actually going to be declining a lot of these big ex, um, um, player options. Like um, I think Andre Drummond's a player who who already said verbally that he's probably that he's going to um, you know uh, accept his his player option or. or, or uh, um, not decline it, and then I think DeRozan's probably going to be in that same position again. You know, if, if these rumors are true, DeRozan has all the power right now to make that decision because he he does have the player option to decide on. It's it's, it's his choice right now. Now, if he if he opts in, and then he's like I mentioned, if he's still not happy, well, then he can start talking to his agent, and they can start talking to Spurs about let's start see if there's any trade trade possibilities. But again, uh, right now, you know, it, the, the the control is in his in his hands uh, in terms of what he wants to do with that player option. That's the first you know kind of domino that needs to fall in terms of w- what's going to happen. So again, you know, right now at the end of the day, uh, I remember also I think it was before the pandemic started. Uh, wasn't there like a, like a clip on TV or like where a reporter said that that DeRozan was thinking about declining his player option or something like that, and, and then yeah. DeRozan uh, kind of refuted that night of the game. He like said something like like he's like said yeah. you know yeah so so yeah so he's he's actually he always comes out whenever these rumors come out and he and he will refute them uh so again uh it's up to him and his agent you know what what are they seeing you know do they like being in san antonio does he like being in san antonio what, what are they looking at in terms of is there a market for him if he were to decline the player option are there teams with cap space that might want to sign him or are there teams that maybe um are over the cap that have interest in him that maybe if he declined his, his player option maybe he could get the spurs and that team to work out a sign and trade deal so there are some possibilities but again you know we kind of just got to wait on, on time here to find out what's going to happen and again what he and his agent are kind of looking at the landscape in terms of do they want to remain with San Antonio for another year under that $27 million or look for other options uh, in terms of getting moved. So we'll basically see what time here, what's going to happen. Again, that first that first domino, that first day to fall will be his, his player option that he does need to decide on whether or not he's going to he's going to pick it up or if he's going to decline it and to become an unrestricted free agent. Because then at that point, well, then he can just leave uh, to, to any team that he wants to. So we'll kind of see what happens. But again, make sure like whenever these, these kind of rumors uh, come out, make sure that you just read the whole piece.
piece that it came from the original source and just kind of get the the the, the, the um you know find out the full context of, of what these what these rumors have in, have in detail all right, so so thank you, Spursecast listeners, for joining us here on the Spursecast episode 568. Uh, just a quick, a, f- a few quick um, promotions before we, we head out of this episode. Make sure you're, ch- you're checking ProjectSpurs.com. We are starting to ramp things up over there now that the um, now that the draft's coming, now that off season's about to begin here with free agency, and the next season's coming pretty quickly. Uh, one of the latest pieces by Jonas Clark is called "Is 2020 2021 a Make or Break Year for Lucas Simonich? Um, I also had a piece on the on an update on the Spurs' offseason, so uh, make sure you check that out. And then also Benjamin Bornstein had a had a piece uh, just looking at some some options the Spurs could could look at in terms of the draft uh, if they were to make a trade, any kind of potential trade with Boston, if they were to try to make a, a, a trade with the Celtics. Well, then uh, Ben looks at some some prospects they could they can maybe take uh, with the. Um, with any um, um, picks that the Celtics were, were, were to trade to the Spurs. But again, that's just uh, something Ben's just kind of pondering and looking at it in, in a scenario. So thanks again to Mike for joining me here on SpursCast, on this SpursCast episode, and also for uh, producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.